And then thirdly, when people are burned out and a lot of people are working long hours, they got to pay bills, inflation, all that. We're all in the same boat. But one of the things that I see happens time and time again with people that are burned out or just fatigued and wiped out is they stop doing things in life that they enjoy doing. And it could be simple things like going to have coffee with your best friend or going for a walk in the morning or reading your favorite novel or even watching Disney plus Netflix. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedluck, your mistress in business, helping you get it up and keep it up. And of course, we're talking about revenue and profit. I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Michael. Michael, thank you so much for being here with us today. Glad to be with you today, Michelle. Awesome. So give us the 5,000 view of who you are and what you love to do for business. I'm the founder of Breakfast Leadership Network, an organization based out of San Diego and Toronto, and we help organizations and individuals with burnout prevention, which ends up being burnout recovery, uh, workplace culture, doing a lot of work on the great resignation and retention, which seems to be a big problem everywhere. So keeps me out of trouble somewhat. <laughs> Nothing can keep you out of trouble. I know you. So how did you get into uh, this field as a as a as an area of interest for you? Well, for me, it was from my own personal experience with burnout back in 2009. I had what I refer to as my year of worst case scenarios that was all caused by being burned out. So over a period of a year, I had a heart attack that should have killed me, lost my job during the Great Recession, had my car repossessed and my home foreclosed all in a year. And obviously, each of those losses are huge. But if you group them all together in one year, it, it definitely is a do I have your attention yet kind of moment. And believe me, it did because I realized, OK, I'm still here. All right. Uh, that must mean that I've got some work to do. And I definitely had a lot of work to do on myself. And, you know, for me, it, it did require reinvention. I always tell people that are burned out, you don't have to reinvent your life. The majority of people do not. In my situation, I had to just because the way that I was going about life was not conducive for sticking around for very long. But for most people, it's making a couple adjustments here and there in areas of your life, and it'll make such a huge difference in kind of reducing the stress because burnout is prolonged stress. If you don't have prolonged stress, you're not burned out. So uh, what I found after 
reinventing myself and and discovering you know all the things that I was doing wrong and I was you know happy go lucky things were going well and I was looking at my colleagues and the sector that I was working in and recognized wow they're all doing the same thing I'm doing or did and I thought hmm this isn't good so I decided well let me start talking about it with them and giving them some suggestions and whatnot and then I looked at you know some research and realized that it was a much bigger problem than I thought. Now, this was 2015, 2016. You fast forward to today, where we're seeing just insane numbers of people burning out across the globe in every sector. So I'm thinking, okay, it's getting worse. I was hoping it would get better. It's getting worse. So I've I've got a lot of work to do. Absolutely, you do. And I, I can't fathom what the numbers are. So Let's kind of back up the bus a little bit and go through what are some of the signs that somebody might have that might trigger, hey, (laughs) I'm leading a stressful life and I don't even know it. A few things. One is your sleep. How are you sleeping? If you're not sleeping well, and you used to, you know, there's people that chronically, unfortunately, have never really slept well in their entire life. But if you find that you have normally in the past been able to sleep okay, but in recent weeks or months, you're not sleeping well, that's a big warning sign because your body's trying to repair the damage that you do to yourself on a daily basis. And if you're just stressed out beyond belief, your body's doing everything it can just to repair that damage. Uh, And then of course you start running into some health issues is another sign. If you start realizing that, you know, maybe your digestive system isn't working really well, you're getting acid reflux or you're constantly powering down Tums every day and every night, or even increase in consumption of alcohol or other uh, modes of uh, stress relief, as some people call it. Uh, If you start increasing your usage of that, that's definitely a sign. Another sign we see a lot is if you start becoming a little bit more forgetful than normal, or you're just in a daze, you're just like fog-headed, quite frankly, and you're like, okay, where am I? What am I doing? And that happens to all of us, you know, from time to time. But if this is consistent, then that's definitely a big sign. And then finally, if you find yourself more short-tempered, than normal or, and you get irritated by trivial everything. things <laughs> everything yeah from the grocery store line to why is someone in my favorite spot at the petro or you know all of these things you know it's you know little things like that just and of course you know we're, we're just coming off the holiday season at the time of this recording so you know there's some short-tempered people out there and it wasn't a case that there was a shortage of what they were trying to buy just i think everybody was really really edgy and there's a lot of factors in that you know external factors of cost of things and wars and pandemics and everything else so that super long lineups and you know you name it so yeah exactly you've hit every possible thing everybody listening to this has gone okay i have at least one of those if not all of them so you've you've covered the gamut okay we're all listening now so um what are some of the things that people can do in when they recognize this? It's like, okay, it's stressful, but I still need to pay the bills. I still need to go to work. I still need right. to go do all these things. What can they do to be able to kind of help alleviate their stress? There's a couple things that they should focus on. One, we'll go back to sleep and hopefully this 
conversation isn't putting people to sleep, but maybe they need it. But ultimately, focus on getting good sleep. And that means setting up your bedroom or wherever you sleep to be the best ideal situation for you to naturally sleep well. So that means buying the right pillow for you, buying the right bedding. Instead of buying that brand new 85-inch television at Costco, maybe buy a new mattress instead that you will feel really comfortable in and sleep well in. Because if you think about it, where do we spend the most consecutive hours of our day in one spot without moving a lot? That would be you know, where we sleep. So invest in the money to do that. You know, Keep your room dark as possible. Eliminate as many artificial lights or lights or blue lights like smartphones and things like that get that stuff out of your bedroom um, go to amazon or walmart or wherever and buy an alarm clock don't use your phone as your alarm clock get it out of your room because your brain sees that light from the smartphone and it your brain thinks oh we're still supposed to stay awake you know that's why you have to limit your screen time before you go to sleep so do whatever you can to get your room the right temperature. Now, if you sleep with someone, it's statistically impossible that you will agree on the temperature of the room. I know that no couple <laughs> agrees on that. It's impossible. I mean, there's, there's po everything's possible in this world, except that, and maybe a couple other things, but that for sure. So negotiate accordingly and, you know, try different things, whatever you can do to create a sleep environment where you have a really good fighting chance of getting a good night's sleep that will help because then your body can repair the damage that stress does. We can't eliminate stress. We can change how we approach stressful situations. And that of course is a lot deeper work, but ultimately focusing on your getting good sleep is going to help a lot. And then secondly, and there's three. There's the second thing is your food intake. Now, I'm not going to tell you to quit eating fast food, but I am going to tell you, find out the foods that give you natural energy that your body can digest normally without any upset stomach and things like that. Yes, I know the burrito tastes really good. I'm guilty as charged. But if it gives you acid reflux and keeps you up all night, you're starting off tomorrow on the wrong foot and you're not rested, you're fatigued and you're wiped out. And then those little stressors that aren't that big of a deal for some reason become a big deal for you. And then thirdly, when people are burned out and a lot of people are working long hours, they got to pay bills, inflation, all that. We're all in the same boat. But one of the things that I see happens time and time again with people that are burned out or just fatigued and wiped out is they stop doing things in life that they enjoy doing. And it could be simple things like going to have coffee with your best friend or going for a walk in the morning or reading your favorite novel or even watching Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, those 18,000 subscription services that you we all pay for. Watching Netflix? <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 I don't think anybody did, but I always tell people because a lot of people will have Netflix, they'll also have Disney Plus, also have a bunch of other services. And I tell them, don't add up the total cost you're paying every month for all of that because that's going to get you depressed and stressed out because uh, it adds up those little five, $10 increments. When there's 10 of them, it's like, whoa, okay. You know, that's, that's why my credit card bill so high but doing things in life you enjoy doing and, and write down a list of things you like doing and again some things can be really big like going on trips and cruises and whatnot and some of them can be really simple just sitting out on your balcony you know at night and maybe having a glass of wine or your favorite adult beverage or child beverage i don't care drink from a capri sun <laughs> thing whatever works for you get out your favorite sippy cup <laughs> exactly get your, sip, your favorite sippy cup sit out there just you know 
watch you know, watch nature now if it's the dead of winter bundle up but you know get outside a little bit just do things even if you're working a lot of hours and i know many people are because a lot of organizations are short staffed so a lot of people are working longer shifts and all that but you can still do something even if it's a couple times a week it's going to make a big big difference in helping you kind of just take a break from the work stress and and you know, a bonus one is, is just mindset. Yeah, there you have a lot of work to do. Uh, but on the flip side of it, be thankful that you have a lot of work to do because there are people that have been let go and they're not working right now. And we're hearing about that now with the cost of things that some organizations are cutting back. So those people are going, boy, I wish I could have something to work at. And so it's it's an interesting dynamic that we're in this world right now of all kinds of things that are being thrown at us. And it's just, you know, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves to kind of fight off all of these stressors that uh, keep getting thrown at us. Uh, uh, love it, fascinated, and, uh, and it intrigues me that there are people who are looking for work can't find it, and those who are being begged to come back to work and going, nah, <laughs> I don't feel like it. That's not going to happen. Um, yeah. And I also love that even if they're totally stressed and they're going like, this isn't working, I don't want to do the nine to five. I don't want to, you know, go to work stressed every day and freaking out that there's deadlines that are ridiculous and self-imposed. <laughs> I don't want to do it anyway, anymore. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you've touched on everybody that breathes. So who is, would you say is your favorite clientele or who do you serve and support the most for me i, I love working with leaders uh, executives senior management because that's the type of roles that i was in before i ventured off into this adventure uh, and i know what that day is like and i know what the world looks like i know how to deal with with people i know the challenges that they face and it's it's fun to work with them but i've you know i've worked with you know every level uh but i love working with them because I know that if I can make them see things and approach life a little bit differently, like I said at the onset, make a couple adjustments here and there, that's going to take some pressure off of them. And what that means is, in all likelihood, they're going to ease up on the pressure that they're putting on the people that report to them, which then has this ripple effect where all of a sudden the energy level at the workplace changes a little bit and it's not as stressful, which makes things a lot easier because nothing's worse than having to wake up, not even on a Monday morning, but even on a Thursday morning go, I hate my job. And it's like, okay, why, why do you hate it? You know, what, what is it? What, what's keeping you there? I, I have an idea what it is. It's this financial component, but <laughs> this thing called a paycheck. I don't yeah, know. It's like, yeah, it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mortgages, rents, car payments, you know, your Netflix subscription. I get it. I, we, that's, that's the trade that we, that we make. We, we give our time and efforts and we get compensated and we, uh, why does anybody pay... turn tricks? I mean, really, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> but you know, the, the thing of it is, it's like, when you're in that state, that's not healthy. And, and it reflects on the work you do, even though you know, we hear the phrase quiet quitting and there are people that are doing that. And I, I, there's a warning about that. I mean, it's not new that the name quiet quitting is new, but mailing it in malicious compliance to the job description, I've heard all kinds of descriptors for it, but that's a dangerous habit to start developing. And I understand why people do it, but let's say 
you get a job offer. You throw out your resume out there and someone calls and it's a great place. If you've been quiet quitting for several months, now all of a sudden you're in a new role. You have to crank it up a notch and you have to actually perform because they're watching you. You know, it's, it's a test run. Uh, and if you aren't normally used to, you know, delivering and, and, and doing your job, you're going to run into some issues. Now I will say this, it doesn't mean you should be forced to go above and beyond your job, which in many cases people are. I think that's one of the big reasons why people are so frustrated is like, I was hired to do this, but you're asking me to do all these other things that are taking away from all of this. And people are just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I think there needs to be a reevaluation in organizations of who are we as an organization? What do we do? Who do we serve? Get really simple on that and start scaling out or stopping doing all the extra stuff that has been added in over the time because some executive had an idea, hey, we should do this. And everybody just says, okay, we'll roll it out. Like, uh, no, let's, let's plan this. What, how, by doing this, what, if we say yes to this, what are we saying no to? Because that's, that's the equation. Every time you say, yes, we'll do this, you're going to say no, or you're not going to give the same effort to something else because all of a sudden your energy is going to something else. I'm not saying that's not a good idea, but you have to keep that into consideration. And when no one is, and they just say, this is a great idea, let's do it then it, it puts a lot of pressure on everybody and it just causes all kinds of problems and keeps me busy. So it's, you know, it's, <laughs> you're okay with it. <laughs> Go ahead. I, well, I, I, what you do and just, yeah, me. you know, burn, why, why, no burnout, burnout's great. You know, do it. It's good. <laughs> no, I, I, and I say this, honestly, I, I wish it didn't exist. I would find something else to do, but because I know what burnout does. I, I mean, I experienced the extremes of it, of course, but, it impacts relationships, it impacts families, it impacts work, it impacts your health, it impacts the quality of the products and services that are being made, which you and I consume and the listeners consume, which means the products and services we're consuming aren't as good as they could be because someone's quite quitting or they're burned out and they're just not putting in the great efforts here. We're getting subpar stuff and that's not fair to anybody. Uh, we should all strive to do great work. I think that ultimately, deep down, I think everybody wants to do great work in their effort of producing something or creating something. And when we can't, it's frustrating for all of us. Well, and I would think with with leadership, it's a, I mean, there's, in my experience, people have a quote unquote calling towards it. Like you either want to be in leadership or you don't. <laughs> it's, it's, period end of story and those who are driven towards it i think have a um have an interest in like they, they want to pursue they want to go somewhere they want to take the business someplace and if they're experiencing burnout well one it's because they're not really leading they're they're following something and and it's in a direction that they don't want to go uh, or two, it's that they're not looking at um, the leadership in a like <laughs> in the proper way of how do I delegate this out to somebody who loves doing this? How do I get the right people in the right positions? Because um, I mean, I know for myself when I was the most frustrated with my business was when I was doing things that 
I had no right <laughs> doing. I should not. I knew that those were my skill sets. I knew that that wasn't my thing. Uh, I just did it because somebody needed to do the job. And it was like, hey, somebody else can do this way better than I can. And they're going to have a lot more fun doing it. So Great. like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, it is the... I guess, does it have to come down to that level of frustration? Do they have to hit bottom in some regard before they realize this has to change? Or can they, um, are there things that they can see that, and they just back up the bus today and go, hey, who's loving their job? Who's not? Let's shuffle and carry on. I, I've seen both examples. I think in many cases, unfortunately, sometimes people have to hit the bottom before they'll make a change. You know, the, the pain of changing is less than pain of staying the same, basically. And we've heard that phrase before. And sometimes they're that way. Uh, the other example you gave where they you know, came in one day and they said, OK, who loves the job? Who hates it? Why is that change? Usually that happens either in a introspective moment as a leader or maybe they saw a youtube video or a tiktok clip of somebody saying something and they realized wait uh they am i that to this podcast <laughs> yeah or they listen to this podcast yes thank you subscribers for listening don't forget to five star and rate and all that good stuff uh, but ultimately sometimes you see this on social media a lot where there's certain high profile people out there that are leaders that are doing things that are counterintuitive to what other leaders want to do. And they go, you know what? I don't want to be viewed the same way that they are. So what do, am I, am I that boss? Sometimes they get that. It's just that reflective moment and they go, Ooh, okay. My example, when I was leading, you know, before my cardiac event in that year of fun, I was horrible at delegation and I just like because well they're busy. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Well, it was yeah, yeah. There's it's probably an acronym for something. I'll let you figure out what the F stands for. Uh, but at the end of the day, I you know after recovering from all of that, I I knew I had to learn how to delegate. And like you said before, there were people that were better at doing whatever that task was than I was. So I just started delegating and. There's a danger in that because we see this in organizations a lot where you have delegation to your superstars, to people that get great things done and all of that. But as leaders, many times we do a horrible job of actually keeping track of what we've delegated. Next thing you know, we have overwhelmed our superstar with all these things because they're really good at it. And that superstar, if the communication isn't clear, they're maybe not confident to approach their boss and say, okay, you just give me 10 priority one A's um, to pile on the other 15 that I had. What's actual the priority here? Well, if they say all of it, fire up your computer. Kind update. of contributing to somebody else's burnout. And good uh, yeah, exactly. And um, go go open up resume.doc and you know start <laughs> updating that and you know get it out exactly. there because that's not a healthy environment from my observation. I'm just on that example. But so with leaders, I, it's important for them to have a bigger picture of everything that's going on. It doesn't mean they have to be involved in everything, but at least have an understanding and who's doing what. Because as you know, sometimes things change and there's new opportunities or shifts in priority. 
it happens. It's called life. And sometimes we forget that that can happen where this project that was the biggest priority may go, mm, that's going to be priority C right now because this one's coming up. And if we land this, then X, Y, Z or X, Y, Z, depending on where you're listening to this. So from that standpoint, you have to go, all right. And it's, and I've been telling people, especially in HR, when especially during the pandemic when everyone was freaking out about policies and remote or in person and all these things and how do we do this what should we do going forward i told them well talk with everybody figure out write out the procedure or the policy but use pencil because it's going to change and understand that and just kind of go with the flow at the moment in time the sooner you can connect with that it reduces the pressure a bit uh, and I, th I think that's what leaders need to really focus on right now is communicate as much as you can without bombarding people with meetings and get, you know, let people share their viewpoints and, and what they're seeing because they'll see things that you won't. And I know leaders don't like hearing that, but it's true. Your, your teams will see things that you won't see as a leader because you're not in the same viewpoint as they are. You're not in the trenches as much as they are. So they're going to see things that you won't. And it could be a big deal for the organization going forward. All right. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories. Oh, let's see. Which one do I want to give? I'll give this one. And I have permission to share this, which is funny. I usually do this during my keynote talks and all of that. But I was working with an individual executive, went in to replace a favorite executive that was let go. Uh, and the team was not happy about it because they felt that the the board was out of bounds in this termination and all of that. Plus, there was another candidate that was internal that they wanted to get promoted into this role, and that person didn't. So there was a combination of unhappy team and then somebody that wanted the role that didn't get the role but stayed and was basically causing a lot of grief and, and things like that. So they went in. And immediately they didn't get rid of that person, probably should have, but they, they did let go somebody else that wasn't performing, but yet was a favorite of the team. And that was within like the first six weeks of their, their role. I'm like, Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. I'd say you're, 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 you're setting your step or you're setting yourself up for failure right away. So, so you're going to have to, you know, do some damage control on this and work with their, they, started building a better relationship with the team, communicated why they did it, you know, without revealing any too many details, uh, but they were you know, getting the team turned around. And within about six to nine months, it, the temperature completely changed because she was more open to feedback. They were being heard and they weren't being heard before. And it just changed the dynamic of everything. And then there was a side positive of this you know her stress levels dropped dramatically and was successful and was in that role for several years and she's on now ventured off and doing some consulting work too because something that she wanted to do but in between that time after she got the stress relief and was enjoying her role um you know her you know she gave me a call one day and she said she was pregnant and she had been trying to get pregnant forever but the stress in her body and all the things was going on was, you know, playing a part and not 
giving her the ability Conceiving. to conceive. Yeah. So what I do is in, in my talks, I'll joke as to, so if you work with me and you've been trying to get pregnant, you might get pregnant. But th <laughs> then I go, wait, yeah, lucky man. <laughs> wait, no, that's not what I meant. Pregnant after you've been working on That's not what I meant. No, no, no. So, you know, it gets everybody laughing and, you know, she, I, she knows I, I share that joke and, you know, but I, I said, oh, okay, so you work with me and get pregnant. And I remember saying that and I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if that was a good thing to say, but you know, she laughed hysterically and found it really funny. And I said, not that way. It just it, it reduces the stress. Then you feel better and your body will work like it's supposed to. So that's what I meant. Not no, 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 no. There's that that that's in the, the consulting agreement, you know. It should be if if it hasn't Everybody been, will have better sex after they work with you. <laughs> that that could be a good tagline. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I mean, I remember Dr. Ruth. I mean, she she made millions doing stuff. I don't I don't ever remember what she said, but I was younger then, so um wasn't paying attention. Uh but anyway, that that's one, you know, one funny story, but a a good story in that change the dynamics of a team without really changing the team other than that one person that wasn't performing the crap disturber that wanted their role they turned around to and now it wasn't the greatest relationship but they were able to work together and you know, on paper you would look at it and go well this is never going to happen but it did and it was just a case of as a leader you need i don't want to say vulnerable because a lot of times people say that but you got to be human you got to be real and understand that your people are human and real. They've got challenges. They've got washers that are broken down. They've got, you know, how do I coordinate the schedule with this and all of that and, and car issues or family issues or healthcare, you, you name it. Everybody's got stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think once we get to that and we, I don't want to say necessarily move away from the you know top down approach of organizational charts, but make it more of a, you know, symbolic kind of moving around thing. I, I think organizations will be healthier. Yes, there's still going to be somebody that is ultimately in charge. You know, if, you, if you're first level, you love that because well, it's not my head. But ultimately, if everyone is collaborating together and they all know where everything is going and the direction of things, it eliminates a lot of issues, a lot of stressful issues, the, you know, the basically the pitfalls and the silos that we see in so many organizations and just, it gets healthier. And those organizations keep their people. They don't leave. And you, you, you see organizations where that happens. And then you see organizations that have amazing turnover. Well, even, you know, real quick, I uh, saw an article yesterday from, it was a healthcare article out of the U.S., and majority of the hospitals in the United States has about a 100% turnover of their clinicians every five years. So every five years you go into a hospital, you won't know anybody. They're all new. And it's like, what in the, and I know what's going on there because I used wow. to work in healthcare. It's a, it's a disaster right now. Our healthcare workers, I'm not singling them out over anybody else, but they're not having an easy go of it. And it doesn't matter if it's in Canada, the U.S. or U.K. or wherever else. Uh, it, it has been a real difficult time for them. And wow. it's when you have that kind of turnover, that's not helpful for society. Because then all of a sudden you hear about like we've, we've heard in Canada of, you know, ER is having to close on a weekend because they don't have enough staffing. Wait a minute. That's that's our go to. That, that's yeah, that's that's our go to when we screw up. 
we make mistakes or get injured or do something dumb, which we tend to do. That that's our get out of jail free card. Wait a minute, the jail's closed. Uh oh, now what? And and that's not that's not what we want to have. And there's so many systematic reasons for why that's happening. But ultimately, as individuals, we have a role to play too in taking better care of ourselves, so we don't have to worry about is our ear excuse me er open on saturday night um we shouldn't have to worry about that because we're taking care of ourselves wow and i here i i was thinking that <laughs> corporate world had changed <laughs> um since i was in it uh one of my favorite firings that i've had and i've <laughs> no no misunderstanding here i have been fired from every job i had even my sister fired me um is i was the receptionist at one point many many lives ago and uh and there was a merger Mm. and so half of the company got laid off and uh we all knew it was coming that was fine and but everybody who came in to get their their paperwork and their whatevers were treated like crap and it was like well we've worked with these people forever like I am going to make this as enjoyable as possible while they're sitting in the waiting room. And then when customers come in, you know, it's going to be a nice place to work. And Mm -hmm. I was told unequivocally not to fraternize with the enemy. And I'm like, so I wrote an an email. I said, Hey, if you have a polite way of treating these people with respect, um, that, you know, that in a way that you want me to do this, you know, you let me low. And I sat on that email for about five minutes and went, do I want to send? Do I want to send? Do I want to send? Because <laughs> I knew as soon as I sent it, I was going to get fired. <laughs> there was zero doubt in my mind. What's more important to me right now is treating these people with respect or keeping my job. And I went, send. <laughs> well, one, one of my favorite sayings is the bear won't poke itself. You know, so. <laughs> you know? I'm so like, some, sometimes you're like these people for five years you loved them they were at your christmas parties and now all of a sudden they're they're heathen because we had a merger like what is that i don't understand yeah. and why would you do that to people like yeah. in the end we're yeah. people we're not a business exactly and it's, this, the quicker we remember that the quicker things will ease up a bit and understand that we're all going through things you know, it, we always have been, doesn't matter if it's inflation or wars or pandemics or whatnot, there's always something going on in the lives of the people that we are around a lot and just having an understanding going, okay, you know, we're, we'll get it done. I, I think just, you know, lowering the temperature a little bit in, in the oven makes it a little bit easier. Um, so we're not burning so quickly. Well, uh, and I would have thought that, you know, everybody being on zoom and their kids in the background and the dogs coming in that mm-hmm. you know we we lose the stuff shirt approach to business and it's like okay we're we're all people <laughs> we're all doing the exact same thing we're just mm-hmm. doing different things when we hit the keyboard and i would have thought that that would have had some sort of level playing field but uh well, not yet not yet i i think it, uh, my um, hope maybe i'm being uh, uh too optimistic but my hope is that in time, we we will see things evolved into a more, 
humanistic approach to work. And and we're seeing it. I think that's you know part of the reason why there's a lot of vacancies is there are just some people that are going, I'm not going to work in that environment. And people have gotten a whole lot better at reading job descriptions and recognizing, ooh, there it is. You know, look for the red flags. They're always in there, by the way. You know, it's like, okay, yes, you know, hands-on approach or, you know, multitask. You know, you, you start looking, <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to get 18 things done by Friday. Yeah, it's like, they, they're all there. And you can just mm-hmm. highlight them and you go, Mm-mm. and, you know, or you can ask them about that. And if, they start getting sheepish on the zoom call or if you do it in person then you know "Mm, yeah so that's why we're seeing a lot of people going no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna work on that that's why we've seen so many people take that leap and try their own thing which Mm -hmm. i i encourage people to do that if if that's something that you want to do i if it's better to make mistakes than to have regrets and if you always wanted to do something go do it why not and just you know just prepare yourself for it you know do yourself as best you can to make sure that you have a little bit of a a cushion so if it doesn't work you you're not you know suffering too much but understand you know there's risks involved with it but you get to design your work day and realize oh wow being a boss is not as easy as i thought so <laughs> right <laughs> no it's not and, and and optimistically there are a lot of ways that as a leader you can you can still have people multitasking. You can still have people doing a ton of different things and you can do it in a really fun way. And they, there's a, I love having a variety of things <laughs> thrown at me in a day. Um, but there's a, a huge difference between here, take this on as a challenge and you need to have this done by tomorrow and it needs to be perfect. Um, right. And I think if we just kind of let go of that aspect of it and it's like, hey, have a ton of fun with this and see how much you can get done by today at the end of the day and we'll review it because they really want to have this done by tomorrow Mm. like it's 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 a totally different job even though Mm. it's the exact same job yeah exactly it's just how you approach it and if it's not due tomorrow but you'd like to have it done by the end of the week it's like you know when do you think you can get this done then that empowers the employee to if they have an understanding of what they're working on they can say, okay, I'm working on the McMillan project as well. Do you want me to put pause on that for a day so we can focus on this? Yeah, that's a great idea. And then we can look at the McMillan and maybe uh, there might be somebody else that can take on part of it while, you know, for this week to just do a couple things on it so it doesn't you know get too far behind. But it's it's a negotiation. It's a back and forth instead of this hierarchical, you know, parent to child, you must do this type of thing. And uh, it's just that as a kid you know, it helps kind of guide and shape the child but uh, give or take depending on the child but uh, at, at the end of the day it comes down to if you have a more open approach to give the power as i like to call it to the employee to dictate how, when they can work on it and how much they can get done they feel that they have a say in what they're doing if they do that then they're like you know what i you know, that's fine and many times they get it done sooner because they get into a workflow to rhythm on it. Like, okay, I've got another hour or so this will be done. Why don't I just get it done? And then they do it. And then there's that, yeah, it got it done early. And you're like, Whoa, I wasn't asking for that, but thank you. And it's just, it acknowledges the effort that they put into it shows that you appreciate them. And you have just that all of a sudden that changes the temperature and 
it helps reduce the stress a little bit without prolonged stress. You can't burn out. So you're just reducing the stress can't eliminate stress. Stress is always here. Sorry. We well, stress figured that. is good when it's oh, sure. when it's because you got to understand that potential only exists when something is under tension and, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and we relate that to stress. So yeah. it's, it's being able to understand that there's good stress and then there's too much stress, there's bad stress and there's chronic stress. And, you know, what do we want to, what do we want to have and what brings out the best of us and what doesn't? Michael, you've been awesome. I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start the journey with you? Best place to find me, just go to breakfastleadership.com. And at the bottom, there's a contact info section, or you just go to the contact page and just send me a note. I'm on most of the social media channels. Uh, You can look under the letter B fast leadership, or if you search hashtag breakfast leadership, you'll, you'll stumble across me and all of that. And then of course I've got my show, the breakfast leadership show. So uh, that's on all the most of the major flavors of podcasts. So you, you can find my show there. So thank you so much for your time today. I love it. So I get to ask you now, at what point in life did you know that you're a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Oh, that would have been when I launched my business because um, I now, of course, I had colleagues that told me I was crazy. So that helped. You know, I, li- I listened to them. They said, yeah, you're crazy enough to do this. So you should. And you know, even my therapist and, you know, I, I tell people everyone should have a therapist. We all have stuff we can work on. So when I when I this years ago, when I did this, she said to me, it's about time you did that. And I'm like, oh, like <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, she 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 kicks my butt. And I need it. So I get it. Yeah. She, she holds me accountable. Uh, it's, and that's a good sign of one too, but I always recommend people should get a therapist and there's no, you can get access to them a lot easier, a lot more affordable than years ago. But ultimately if there's areas in your life that you need help on, you know, have them help you with one of those things. Again, simple adjustment. All of a sudden it could change your perspective and change you know, how you go about life and it's, it's, it's so worth it. So it's an investment in you. And that's ultimately the best advice is invest in yourself. You'll be better for it. You have been awesome, Michael. Any last words for our peeps? Just make sure that you take care of yourself. Um, do the things in life you enjoy doing, even if you're working a lot of hours, do a couple things, just do them. So you have something different from the work and, and, and remember why you went into your field that you worked in or you work in and, and reconnect with that passion that you had, it's still there. And, you know, you're, you're here for a reason and you're going to be doing great work. So just set yourself up for success as best you can. Okay. Let's go have a couple of orgasms and you'll be fine. (laughs) My words, not his. Awesome. Michael, you have been fabulous. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it immensely. I know how valuable it is. Thank you so much. Awesome. Peeps, thank you for being here. This is Michelle Nedelec, your mistress in business. Thank you for being here. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs get it up and keep it up. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.